0: You're listening to the Product Biz Podcast episode number seven, how new products are disrupting your business. So in the previous episode, we talked about the chronic creative and how if you're stuck in this inventory cycle, you don't have time to actually grow your business and work on the things that your business needs and step into the CEO role of your business. Well, this episode is an extension of that because a lot of people think that coming out with new products is the name of the game and what they should do with their business. And I have some really fun examples of how this can actually be what's disrupting your business and just preventing you from continuing to grow. And I'm so excited to chat with you about how new products are potentially disrupting your business. (laughs) Are you ready to go behind the scenes and learn what it really takes to create consistent sales each and every month with your handmade small business? Join me, Monica Little, self-taught multiple six-figure small business owner and your product business coach as I give you the insight and inspiration on how to better run your business and increase your sales in ways that you may not have even been aware of so that your business can truly become what you knew it could be back when you first started. Learn how to let go of perfection, overcome the fear of failure that is holding you back, and finally start taking action so that you walk away feeling like you've cracked the code on how to run a successful small business. You're listening to the Product Biz Podcast. As always, I love to share an embarrassing story of how I used to run my business in hopes that you don't make the same mistakes. (laughs) It's so funny that I come up with these stories and most of them are from like three years ago. But how I come up with these stories is from people who are inside Product Biz Academy when we have our one-on-one coaching sessions or our bi-weekly group calls, I hear what they're struggling with and I have this light bulb moment of like, oh yeah, I remember when I went through that and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about this on the podcast because if I went through that and someone in PBA went through that, I know there's other people that are going through this too. So this is another lovely story that I want to share with you. I remember I was still working at my full-time job and I had just signed up for my very first market in 2019 with Plant-Based Beauty. And before this market, I was on a phone with a friend. And she was like, oh, you know what? I have this awesome product. It's like a roller and it has some sense to it. And I love to apply it at nighttime and it just smells really, really good. And if you were to make something like that, I would totally buy that from you. And I was still pretty new in my business. And if you've ran your business for a while, you know that you get this type of feedback all of the time oh you should make this or have you made this or do you make that and since I was still pretty new to my business I was like yes I can make it I'll do it you said it your wish is my command let me get to it and a few weeks later I had a couple different aromatherapy rollers one was for pain relief one was for like nighttime like a soothing roller and I think I actually had a third one I think maybe one had CBD in it or something like that so I came up with these three new products, these aromatherapy rollers. I bought like $800 worth of essential oils because the supplier that I use is like the highest quality, best of the best, super expensive. I bought all these rollers. I had new labels created and printed and shipped to my house. This was before I had my own personal printer where I could print my own labels and I made a ton of these rollers and I went to that very first market and these were some of the products that I took with me. And I probably made like a 100 of each or something like that. Maybe more, I can't remember. I don't think I sold one of those rollers at the market. But that's not the end of it. Three years later, I recently just finally tossed some of them and donated the rest. I made those products and spent so much money on them. And they didn't sell at all. And they sat on my shelves for about three years. And you may be nodding your head right now saying, yeah, I got a product like that. (laughs) And I think we can all relate to this story. But this episode is all about new products and how I've totally changed my perspective on new products. And I want to share a little bit of a trajectory of how that then changed. So that was in 2019. And 2020, that was the first year that I hit six figures with my business. And I introduced two new products that entire year. That is it. In 2021, I hit another six figures. My business actually grew 20% compared to the year before. And I had introduced zero new products that year. So I love to see how that has shifted because in 2019, I had a big flop And those weren't the only three new products that I came out with that failed. That's just one example that I thought would be a good story to open with. So a lot of struggling small business owners like myself back in 2019 make the mistake of thinking that launching new products will increase their sales. That's what I thought. Oh, my friend has this great idea. I have to sell this because then I'm going to get more sales. Other people want this product. This is going to be awesome. And then what happens is you get in a cycle where you launch a new product every week or every month. You buy new raw materials, you experiment, you take photos, you edit them, you put it on your website, you post on social media. And you know what? If you're luckier than I was, some sales may actually come through when you announce this new product. But after the hype dies down, Do you jump right into creating the next new product because it's the only way that you know how to make money? And even though you might be making some money with each new product, how sustainable is that? How sustainable is it to focus all of your time on this never-ending cycle of creating new products while avoiding the true problem, which is learning how to grow a business? And I'll always be super straight with you And it's only because I've been there. I've gone through it. And I want you to learn in a different way than what I learned. And if this happened to you, if you are in this cycle of coming up with new products pretty frequently, having these launches, coming out with new things, then you're probably like most people who've experienced this. And chances are you have a ton of raw materials in your closet that haven't been used up. Your business credit card bill just gets higher and higher because you bought more things to experiment with that aren't selling as fast as you would like. Or maybe you thought that last new product was it. That was the thing and people would love it, but it didn't sell nearly as well as you thought. You feel like you need to come out with another new product to make more money to cover the costs that are accumulating. And then you wonder why You can't get out of this cycle and catch a break. And I get it because I've been there. What I learned the hard way is that successful small business owners know that it's not a matter of launching new products over and over to make money. It's a matter of going all in with your best sellers to make money. So have you ever considered instead of thinking that more products equals more money, Have you ever considered that maybe less products equals more money? So think about it this way. If you are a new small business owner, like I was in 2019, you might not have a lot of money or savings. At that point in time, I was in the red with my business. When you first start your business, you're buying raw materials, you're buying labels and packaging, and any money you make goes right back into the business. Every time you come out with a new product, you're spending money on it. You're buying the raw materials. You're experimenting and buying more raw materials. You are doing trial and error until you get it just right. You're spending money on packaging, on labels, on boxes to fit this new size product, everything and anything else that's needed. You're spending time to create the product, to take photos, edit photos, create the description, add it to your website, add it to Etsy, add it to wholesale e-commerce platforms, add it to your line sheet, post on social media, I could list 50 different things that are required every time a new product is launched. And don't forget that your time is money too. So how much money was spent right there in that example with coming out with a new product? This is why so many small business owners are stuck. All of their money is going towards new products. All of their time is going towards new products. And now they have less money and less time to actually focus on growing their business. And all that these new products are is a disruption. So maybe, just maybe, it's time to consider the opposite, which is having less products equals more money. I think there are two things that happen with this like cycle of launching new products. Number one, we get caught up looking at big businesses that have so many items and so many options, and we think that is the way to do it. And number two, we want to be everything to everyone. So let's go into each of these. Number one, big businesses they have so many SKUs, so many items, so many options and variations and categories. And yes, I get it. These businesses exist. But I can guarantee that almost all of these businesses started with one key product, with a best seller. They became known for something, and then they expanded after they became established. And this is actually like really common in the business world. That's how businesses strategize they get an advantage in one area a competitive advantage a new product something unique they become the expert and they get market share and things stabilize with this one product but then they have to keep growing they have investors they need to keep them happy they need to show year over year growth so now they focus on expanding to new products Once they have taken as much market share as possible from the first area of expertise, their best sellers, once they've gone all in and mastered that, then they expand. But as consumers and as customers, we don't see the behind the scenes of how these businesses grow or how they first specialize in one area. So instead we see companies like Procter & Gamble with 65 consumer goods brands across 10 different categories and probably over 150,000 different SKUs. So if you don't know who P&G is, I can guarantee you have some of their products in your house. They own Tide Laundry Detergent and Venus Razors and Febreze Sprays, Crest Toothpaste, and so much more in the consumer goods industry. So we see a company like this, like they own toothpaste and laundry detergent and razors and sprays. Oh my gosh, they are everything to everybody. Look at all these categories and options and products that they have. And we think that we need to be like that. But the reality is Procter & Gamble, P&G, they were created when a candle maker and a soap maker came together because they used the same main ingredient, they started with two skews with two products with two bestsellers. sellers they specialized in those two products and made massive impact and mastered marketing and selling these two products and then only then when they couldn't grow any further they added new products and they started doing that 40 years later And then they continue to grow into the company that they are now. So if your sales are not where you want them to be, you have to specialize with your core products, your best sellers, learn how to market and sell them before thinking of expanding into new products. Because you can have the best products in the world. You can come out with new products every two weeks that are life changing. But if no one knows about it, how good is that? If you haven't mastered marketing and selling, then the more products you have does not matter one bit. And it comes down to this, be known for something or be known for nothing. And another really good example is Rothy's, the shoe company. They make shoes out of recycled water bottles. But when they first started their business, they had two types of shoes. They had the flat and the point. So they had flats, one that was like a rounded edge and one that was kind of pointy at the toes. Those are the two shoes they entered the market with. They got market share they focused on marketing and selling like crazy and they grew. They launched in 2016 with those two styles. And by 2018, they had $140 million in revenue with two products. That's crazy. Then In 2020, they expanded into women's bags. And in 2021, they expanded into men's shoes. Now, if you go on their website, you see they have women's shoes, men's shoes, women's bags, all this stuff. But they started with two products. So focusing on your core products, your best sellers, that accelerates your business and that's what makes you more money. So why wouldn't you go all in and reach that Type of expert status with your best sellers that impact that you want. So, the second thing that I mentioned that holds us back is us wanting to be everything for everyone, which really comes down to the fear of not being enough with our best sellers, with the products that we have, the fear of losing potential sales. What I think really happens, and what happened to me is. We come out with more products because we want to be for everyone. We want to have something for everyone because, well, what if someone likes this scented candle and I don't have that particular scent, so I lose out on a sale? Well, I better make that candle just in case. Or what if someone likes this type of product and I don't have it, I don't sell it, so I lose out on a sale? Well, I'm going to start making that. That's what happened to me with the aromatherapy roll on. Oh my gosh, my friend, she likes this. She said she would buy it. There's gotta be other people who probably will want this too. I'm going to make it. I had a fear of losing out on a potential sale. So that's why I started to make that product. So have you ever had a thought like that? And if you have, I want to drill this in. You do not need to be for everyone. That is not the name of the game. That is not the end goal. That is not how you achieve success. Now, a few years later, if I'm selling at a market, I do not expect nor do I want to go to a market as a vendor where 100% of people buy my products. But I used to think that. I used to get so upset when I would be selling at a market, someone would come to my table, look around, and then they would leave. I would say to myself, did I say something wrong? Did I not have what they want? Were my prices too high? Like what was wrong? Did I not have the products that they want? Like something is wrong. And it would just be like this, this fear of of losing a potential sale, a fear of of not being everything for everyone, of wanting to have something for every single person. But no. Nothing is wrong in that example because I am not for everyone. My products are not for everyone. My products are for specific people with specific interests. And I would rather be a hell yes for those people instead of a yeah, you know, I guess for everyone else. What would you rather be? A hell yes to your target audience who instantly is drawn to your products, buys them that you can easily connect to, or a yeah, I guess to everyone with flip-flopping customers, some who buy, some who don't, and you just don't feel like you really resonate with them. I know which one I would rather be connecting with, and I hope that's an easy answer for you too because you are not meant to be for everyone and the sooner you realize that the sooner you can go all in with your branding and your marketing and your selling and connecting to your target audience and that's the sooner you become known for your product to the people that actually matter and the sooner you start making more money so be known for something or be known for nothing I read this metaphor somewhere. I can't remember where. I like to write things down that resonate with me and then I forget where I read them. (laughs) It said, I'm not worried about the guy who's mastered a thousand punches. I'm worried about the guy who's mastered one punch a thousand times. So let's flip that into small business world. I'm not worried about the business with a thousand products. I'm worried about the business who's mastered one product a thousand times. Or better yet... I'd rather be that business that people are worrying about because I've mastered one product a thousand times. You will get more sales if you focus on your best sellers. And it's a common fact in marketing that more options is not better. It's a proven fact that more options actually lead to lower sales. It's called buyer fatigue when customers don't know what to buy because they have too many options so they don't buy at all or another term for it is analysis paralysis, which is when you're overthinking and you're overanalyzing so a decision or action gets delayed or it gets never taken, paralyzing the outcome. If you have too many options, you are paralyzing your customers from buying anything at all. Imagine if you're at a market. My first market, I had 15 or 16 different products. I took every single product with me. I had 16 different product cards. I had words all over my table. People would come up to me and obviously just be overwhelmed because then they wouldn't even talk. They would just leave. And I was like, what's wrong? Like, why are these people not buying? And then I stepped away and I looked at my table and I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of words on that table. There's a lot of product cards on that table. Um, If someone likes to read a lot like me, then sure, maybe they'll like it. But I'm probably kicking most people away. Now, when I sell a market, I take my top four best sellers and that is it. I don't take every single product. I don't want to sit there explaining 15 different products to this person. Oh, what's this? Oh, what's that? Oh. That's way too much work. I'm taking my best sellers. I'm going all in with them. That's what I'm highlighting. And if you are resonating with this. And I encourage you to just go all in with your best sellers, take a pause on coming up with new products and really learn how to connect and resonate and sell the ones that are selling the products that are selling so you can master that. And if you don't think that like people get paralyzed by having too many options, can you think of a time where you were trying to make a decision Maybe it was a super easy decision, but there were just too many options. So you postponed. And I know when I go to Target to buy clothes, that's exactly what happens to me. I get overwhelmed by all of the clothing racks. Like I go with all this excitement to buy clothes and then I end up either giving up halfway through, not looking through the rest of the store or just leave. And I'm like, you know what? This is too much for me right now. That's. Buyer fatigue, analysis paralysis, having too many options, which prevents a sale. I was at a conference last week called the Ultimate Product Party, which was absolutely amazing. So you should give them a follow on Instagram. That is their handle. And I believe they're hosting another one next year. It was just a really awesome time to get together with product business owners. And I personally work so hard with Product Business Academy members to postpone any new products until they are at a very specific state in their business. And I was so happy to hear a presenter at the Ultimate Product Party Conference talking about this topic too. And she gave an amazing example of an actual study that talks about the paradox of choice. And in this study, they had a vendor that had 24 different flavors of jams. And then the next day they had a vendor that was selling six different flavors of jams. And in most cases, most people think that by offering customers a larger choice of jams to taste, by offering to them 24 jams, that the sales of jams should increase, right? So if you agree with that, or if you think, yeah, that's pretty rational, then you would also assume that by offering only six flavors that sales would drop. What happened is so crazy. When customers were only offered six different jam flavors, the vendor sold 10 times more jam than when 24 different flavors were offered. 10 times more! What if you could 10x your sales just by limiting the number of new products you introduce and going all in with your best sellers? So how can we think of all of these examples and take that to how we run our business? How can we start looking at our best sellers? How can you start to learn how to market and sell them and build that foundation with your business? And just remember that sometimes having less is more and it will be easier on you. It will cost you less money and it would also make you more money the people who embrace this and go all in with their best sellers and learn how to market and sell them, those are the people you have to watch out for. And what I wanna know is, are you one of them? Are you going to take this and embody it and be like, gosh, that makes sense, and I want to 10X my sales, I wanna go in, I wanna make running my business easier on me? I hope you do. There's a lot of things that took me to that first year of six figures and I'm breaking it all down for you step by step. But this is a part of it. This is one of the pieces of the puzzle. There's not there's not one thing. It's all of these things combined. And it's amazing because in this instance, it has nothing about doing more. It's actually doing less. So I really hope this resonated with you and I would love to hear from you on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Monica Little Coaching. If you are interested in learning how to market and sell your business, I talk about that a lot. The importance of marketing and selling your business. That is something that I teach exclusively inside Product Biz Academy. This is a three month coaching program where I work with small business owners that want to learn how to build the market and grow their business and really take their business to the next level. So you can reach that financial stability, security, have the freedom. To to do what you love and want to do with your business. So if you've been feeling stuck, not knowing what to focus on, what to do next, where you should focus your energy, then I encourage you to click the link in the show notes to join the waitlist for Product Biz Academy. I am currently not accepting new members, but if you get on the waitlist, you will know first thing when the doors are open. So if that sounds like something you are interested in learning more about, then please sign up there. And the next episode, episode number eight, is all about revenue generating projects and how to make sure you're spending time on the right thing in your business. So I hope to see you there. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here inside the Product Biz Podcast. If you love this episode, don't forget to subscribe and to leave a five-star review. And if you're interested in learning more about Product Biz Academy, my signature group coaching program for handmade small business owners like you who are looking to create consistent online sales with their business, then go to theproductbizpodcast.com to join the wait list. Doors are currently closed, but you'll be first notified when they reopen. Thank you so much. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Product Biz Podcast. I want to exclusively invite you to my free training happening on Monday, May 20th at 11 o'clock AM Pacific, where you will learn how to create a thriving, handmade business without relying on markets. Now, if you're like most small business owners that I work with, chances are, when you're at a market selling in person, talking to a customer, and that customer has a chance to see, touch, feel, smell, try your product, and ask you questions, then the sales come somewhat easy. However, when it comes to creating that type of online sales and that online environment, when customers are finding your products and purchasing your products and having that come easy, it may be a totally different story, which is exactly why I'm hosting this free training that you can register for at monicalittlecoaching.com slash live. You're going to learn how to actually stand out in a saturated online space so you can connect with online shoppers over your competitors to actually get more online sales and carve out a space for you on the internet that is what we're going to be talking about in this free training on how to create a thriving handmade business without relying on markets i hope to see you there on may 20th at 11 o'clock a.m pacific this is a one-time free live event you better get you over to monicalittlecoaching.com slash live so you can register and get the details and i can't wait to see you there